Thank you for clicking on this episode. You're in for a treat because this is Larry's number one game of 2023. And on this episode, we're going to talk about what makes an amazing hook to get you diving into a very long experience that is enhanced by a wonderful OST and amazing character voice acting. Like so. On to the final game of Season 4. Welcome to Bits of Time, and welcome to the final episode of Season 4. And oh boy, do we have a doozy for you, but we are asking the simple question, is this video game worth your time? And after spending... 48 hours, 34 minutes, and 7 seconds with Chaos Child. I can definitely say it's worth your time, but there's a ginormous caveat that we will definitely get into later. But if you're into, at all, dark mysteries with some shocking scenes, you are going to eat this experience up, which we will get into on whether it's a called in a book, an experience, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But nah, my name is Michael. I don't have a child. Chaos is not my middle name, so there you have it. <laughs> I will say ironic that you use the phrase eat this experience up in regards to this game. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> but uh, I am Larry, and I played 32 hours and 56 minutes. I'm going to assume the difference between our two times is you played all the alternate routes. Yep, so I 100% completed this experience. Okay, yeah. So I stopped after chapter – I finished chapter 11. I got to the first – I think it's like over sky ending or something like that is what it's called. So I got the first ending and I, I, again, I mean, if you guys ever listened to this, if you didn't listen to our game of the year, this was my favorite game that I played in 2023. Uh, I absolutely adore this game, but yeah, there is some caveats. Uh, I can't stop thinking about this game though. So I agree with everything you said. You're going to eat this game up if you're into like the murder mystery, dark, like shocking moment type thing. So one thing we are going to make very clear with this episode I'm going to take a page out of Tales from the Backlog, Dave Jackson's podcast. You should go check it out. There's a lot of good stuff on there. We're going to have a very explicit spoiler wall because, well, this is a visual novel. We have to talk about the story at some point, but we are going to talk about everything leading up and the beginning story setup. but we're not going to spoil anything until that moment where we talk about our three favorite moments and my gosh. (laughs) All right. So... I guess then if we're not going to go with the spoiler route, I think we should just tackle kind of the main things, right? Let's start with, uh, I guess, design, how the game looks, the visual yeah. novel looks. So this is a very anime style game, which most visual novels are mm-hmm. out there. What do you think about the character designs themselves? Uh, I won't lie. When I first started reading, playing this game, again, we could probably need to tackle that, like you said earlier. Uh. I was a little concerned because I thought maybe we were going to go down similar routes, uh, especially with the game itself. And this isn't spoilery. You're playing as teenagers. And oh boy, do the there is a lot of just awkward teen thoughts going on in our character's head to the point where I did get a little weirded out a couple different times. Uh, and couple is probably, I'm very underdoing that. <laughs> There's many times where our character was stating things. We're like, things were even exchange between characters where yeah whatever we can get into that but uh yeah the actual design and like the art style of this game the amount of detail in some of the scenes is incredible like i i love all that i I will say the way that they 
overlay the text is super clear, super clean. I never had an issue reading it or anything like that. Which is very important for this style of game where you're reading a lot. Yeah, uh, the menu system is about as easy as you could possibly get. I will say I, for some reason, all the time, like, would hit... Uh, a button that would like back the game out of the chat and go to like the menu screen like oh, so many times. Yeah, where you see the history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many times I would hit that button on accident. <laughs> we both played it on the PlayStation yes. Vita. Yeah. By well, the way. I played it on the PlayStation Vita. Uh, so, oh, hey, I guess we can give this out. Uh, so initially this was supposed to be a season three game. Yes. Yeah, right. Season three or four. Well. Uh, we're in four season three (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so i needed more time to kind of wrap my thoughts around this because i really was confused about a lot of different things so i did a second playthrough i actually watched a no commentary walkthrough for just the parts that i was a little confused on which turns out really hard to locate (laughs) (laughs) because there's so much it's a long game yeah yeah, that ended up being more frustrating than the actual (laughs) playthrough but uh anyways no i i would say just art like i didn't have any complaints about the art style and every Um, character is definitely distinctly different so you're not going to confuse them by visual cues or anything like that so they do a really nice job of playing up their extravagances like so bright orange hair for one of the girls uh obviously our main character has glasses differing from uh, somebody else mm-hmm. you know different colored hair like we have a pink hair girl blue it's it's, it's good stuff well, and some of that feels kind of tropey yeah <laughs> like, exactly it's an anime trap stuff. but yeah at least for me i signify i don't know who they're talking about this time yeah. so that's good yeah can i also say though so just speaking and again this isn't spoilery they do a lot of very strange like so one of the popular drinks in the game is called mountain view which <laughs> i don't know how, how they get a, how they get away with that because literally it, uh, the bottle looks just like mountain dew they do that a lot in anime i don't yeah. know what it is like well there's during the like in the game you go to a hotel really early on in the game and there's a room it's you have to go to 1407 is the room everything's in and they something was talking about how they had made a movie about it by it's, I, the director was Stephen Queen, <laughs> and I was just kind of like, I mean, what's going on? <laughs> I know it doesn't make anything. <laughs> I don't know why they do that. I don't know if it's just to be you're trying to make it relevant, like this is taking place in our world, mm-hmm. even though it can get a little fantastical or whatever or horror driven, but. I don't know. I don't know why they do that. It's so forced. <laughs> yeah, just... it is very forced. That is yeah. a good word for it. Yeah. Okay. One thing I will say about this game, immediately it starts off in such a high, intriguing way. And obviously we're going to set up the story and then we won't go any further. But it has this interesting background and it's just text talking about this giant earthquake that sprung about on Tokyo. So downtown Tokyo and you are a kid who survived that earthquake. So it happened when you were a little kid, and now you're back in this day and age. But it doesn't even go there after that. You immediately go to some guy on the internet live streaming. Yeah, and I think it's Yuma. Yeah, and it's interesting. You're like, where is this going? <laughs> and he, start, you hear some weird noise, and then he goes to his door, and then it goes back, and he comes back in, and... He's live streaming this and he's eating a bunch of food and then he starts choking and he like pulls back and he is cutting his own hand and feeding it to himself. And it's like, 
<laughs> my gosh. Okay, yeah. we're just going there. So, okay. So the way that this worked for me was when you had recommended this to me, I was kind of like, okay, here's another one of my brother's just, you know, games that he wants me to try. It's like, it's an anime. Okay. And th- I think this is where that hook of let me know that there's something more than meets the eye immediately. And this game did that because I was, first of all, the earthquake thing that just kind of gets shown and then it's shuffled away and you're all of a sudden we're in someone's house. And I was kind of like, okay, what's going on? Huh? Okay. And something this game does so well is the ancillary characters and the text threads are so realistic and so well done that it, it kind of makes you hate humans. <laughs> yeah, so people, while this person's live stream, there's a chat going on yeah. at the like, same there, time. There was people talking about how fat he was. <laughs> like, it's just everything I'm sure streamers hear on the regular basis anyways. But yeah, then, yeah, that mystery gets unveiled where he suddenly is cutting up his own hand, and it's gruesome. And I guess we could go right into the sound effects of this game. Oh, yeah. Oof. On, like, there's... You know, I'm going to combine sound effects and just can we please give a shout out to like the voice acting in this game? So good. How you scream and make the noises that the characters do in this game. I can't imagine what it was like recording in the the studio. My God. There's one point. uh, It's very later in the game, but this person has to act like they're about to puke. And the Mm -hmm. noise they do, I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) It's like exact. It's so good. But. Yeah, the, the sound effects, the sound design. There's a, and I'm sure you'll know this. Uh, there's a scene, or it pops up a lot, where there's like this door knocking sound yeah. effect that, like, I have stuck in my, head. <laughs> and just the amount and the range of sound effects in this game, and just the sound design in general, is so well done. I was, I was taken aback by just how good it was. <sighs> there's, I'm just replaying so many scenes in my head. The what I also like about this, and you do bring up a good point of immediately you're intrigued and slightly confused of what's going on, and I think that is the perfect way to do it. And then they hard shift to something else. Mm. You are waking up in your trailer, which is an interesting spot for this high school kid to be in, which we'll get to that later. And you're just gonna go about your day in the school life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, you have intrigued me with a gruesome murder. Something about an earthquake. There's probably trauma there. And we're going to school. And I guess for me, we've kind of talked about, you know, we did Persona 4 Golden just a couple weeks ago. And I think we talked about like the school setting, right? And in that game with its, if that's something you're into, that style, it works. This game, because of what happened before I realized what was going on, I was like, wait, so why are we kids at a school now? And it was just, okay, earthquake. It was dude just cut off his hand and ate it and fed it to himself and then died. <laughs> like, there, I just, I had so many, like, what is going on with this? And then suddenly it's like, okay, we're going to school and we're playing just an, a, you know, atypical pervy little boy. <laughs> yes. and, and it's just like, okay. And so it kind of, it hooked me so quickly, so quickly. And I feel uh, like that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm, I'm realizing... Yeah. A lot of JRPGs drag in the beginning. A lot of visual novels drag in the beginning. Yeah. This one had like the perfect amount of hooks. Mm, yeah. Uh, I will say too, I really liked uh, with the way the chapter system was built into this, the name and the subtitle underneath it. Every time I got to that point, I was like, hmm, okay. What is like, I yes. felt like they did a very good job of, you, you kind of mentioned like you're not good at foreshadowing. I felt like they did a really good job at being vague, but not too vague. 
the part where you're like, okay, I kind of think I know what could be happening here. And then I was wrong almost every single time. <laughs> Which is the best. I love when I'm wrong. Uh, but I do want to say, without, again, going into the spoiler part yet, uh, some of my complaints, I will say, and I know we both will probably struggle with this a million times over, I don't know if I'm ever going to get all the names 100% correct. Uh, there's a lot of people's names who are very, very similar to one another. Some people, I swear, their first name similar to someone else's last name, and there's just a couple letters difference. Yeah, three of the main people, their last name starts with a K. So yeah. it can get a little confusing. When you're when you're playing it, I feel like it's a lot better. But when you're looking back and trying to remember their names and then be like, all right, was that this character or this character? Yeah. You know, when you're playing the game, you have the visual cues. You have the voices. Mm -hmm. They all sound very different. So that yeah. definitely helps. But when you're thinking back on it, you're like, okay, who is that? Yeah. Uh, and then I will definitely say there is a lot of terminology in this game. Uh, yes. And so they do have, I mean, they have it laid out pretty well. It's in another, but it's, it's one of those things where, and I don't know if there's a better way to do it, but it's a visual novel. So you're already reading a ton, but then whenever you get like a little blue highlighted term that you need to know, you click on that and then it's more text that you have to read. It's, it's one of the downsides to visual novels where it's like, okay, in order to understand this term, I need to read more text. <laughs> yes. And it's always a trouble. Like a lot of people don't want to like in a JRPG, go to a separate menu, scroll through these list of items, find the definition. All right. Now I can finally figure it out. Final Fantasy 16 does a cool thing where it's like a lore thing. You just press at any time. You still have to read, but they have every character that's on the screen. It gives you a little tidbit. What's going on in the story. Like that would have been helpful in this type of thing. Granted, it is very easy to get to the items in this. But again, like you said, you're reading for the most of this experience. Mm -hmm. Do I want to uh, read some more? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And uh, you hope yeah. eventually you will just learn these things through context. Which, which for the most part, I usually did. And there was actually a lot of the terms, I swear, they popped up once and then were just never used again. <laughs> so they weren't even that important outside of that one time. Uh, did you have anything? I guess, because I also want to talk about so again we can get as much as we possibly can without spoilers like you know we could talk about like the map mechanic yes so gameplay is tied to a little bit more of the setup of the story so you are generally just interacting with characters by the story and the plot so you're just hitting x advancing the story nothing big there but the soon you will find out that in the past there was a set of gruesome murders that took place and they were all very unique and interesting and different and the murders are starting to appear again. It kind of seems like there's a copycat out there trying to relive the murders that happened before. Mm -hmm. And so the cool part about this game, you are a, school, a kid at high school, but you also have club extra activities and you are part of like this newsroom, yep. basically. And so you have this whiteboard and the game, I think that adds to the effect is you're trying to piece these murders together, so you have to actually recap stuff that's going on and choose the right photos that align with the certain mm -hmm. murders. It's not much of a gameplay, but I feel like it adds a lot to the experience. So uh, to me, it did two things for me specifically really well. Uh, the first for me personally was uh, it was it almost felt like you were kind of part of the kids in the classroom. There was like it was a really satisfying to see it get filled up. But secondly, it was a really good way of re-reminding yourself what had happened. Yes. And they did that lots of times. Because there was, there was multiple times throughout many chapters where all of a sudden they're like, okay, here's the murder, what happened, and you'll have like four or five different options. All of them are going to get used, but you have to be like, okay, this is where this person died. This is why they died. And yeah, then you'll even implement like 
here's sticky notes. Yep. Okay, what happened here? Yeah. And so it keeps you engaged, and there's not really any penalty for doing it wrong. It just resets like, oh, I have to rethink about these things. So it's a nice way to keep engagement and, yeah, r- remind you of what's going on in this game. And that is such a cool story slash gameplay element to a game that shouldn't have any gameplay to begin with, but it adds, it's a, it's a small bit, but it adds to the experience. Oh, okay. So do you have any other, do you have any negative thing that you want to bring up? Yes. But uh, do I want to do it here? Okay, well, we could just switch. There's also the delusion. Oh, yep. Okay. Because again, that is a selection. You are technically given yes. three options each time. Okay. 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 Yeah. We can do so that. So you can just talk about every. There are certain moments. Well, not certain. There's a lot of moments throughout the game where some of them, for just no random reason, <laughs> I would think, uh, suddenly you are allowed to have. Your character is basically going to think of what happens next in a scene, basically, is, a, I guess, a good way to explain it. Yeah. And you can either have a positive version of what's going to happen or a negative version of what's going to happen <laughs> and or you can just do nothing and just you know your character doesn't have a delusion and the scene plays out how it's supposed to it's an interesting way of kind of seeing what's behind your character's mind or at least early on without spoiling anything and you basically get to kind of see scenes twice in a sense yeah so like an example you meet some dude <laughs> In the hallway, and you can choose whether you're going to talk to them or not. Yeah. It seems so innocuous. And, like, for one, it goes... The the way you think that it's going to happen, it totally goes, like, left field. And you're like, that's what you were thinking about doing? Now, that is also a detriment to this game, because I think they... uh, They highlight a teenage boy's fantasies. Yep. Yes. Whether that's good or bad, I think generally it's not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are multiple different times through the game. I think they just probably went too far. Uh, I will say this too. There's a lot of times the way that some of the female characters are written. It, it's almost like they know that based off some verbiage that was just used, they will react in a way that they assume you thought of something perverted. Like they say it out loud normally. And they're like, yes. oh, no, I wasn't thinking this. And they kind of actually say it. And you're kind of like, so it's like there is this background assumption that like everything's always, every time there's always innuendos all over the place. Basically. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And I feel like that is one of my big caveats with this experience is there's an undertone of sexuality that they could have skipped. But then also I like to think teenage boys are horny at yes. the same time. Yeah. Whether that should be implemented in this game to make it, more fitting or is it just a thing for the people writing it to be creepy and weird i'm not sure where i lie but it is a huge caveat to experiencing a really good thing yeah i would argue too this is one of those examples of a game like i would love to show lots of people but there's so many of these moments that it's kind of like i wouldn't know i wouldn't say so many but there's enough okay there's there's enough that, so it would just it would be hard to recommend sometimes because it's kind of like okay you just gotta gotta get past this part yes and that's you know that's why it's the caveat of a hard sell mm-hmm. because I think it's a hundred percent worth your time because the intriguing of the murder mystery what's play, going on the characters and how they're written and the surprise along the way are definitely worth a cringe worthy yeah. quick scenario okay so before we kind of jump into a gigantic just we go through the story is there anything you want to say or make sure somebody knows before we jump into this the music is excellent 
I, it sets the tone and that is one of my favorite things about visual novels versus reading. I absolutely love reading and people wonder why would I pay 50, 40, 70 dollars for a game that I'm barely going to play. The art and visual the yeah, the visuals and the music combined really set the tone for a lot of these scenes and I think enhance it in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, they can amp up scenes way. Yeah. Yeah, there's some like piano cues you'll hear and it takes you right back to the feels the the scenes i definitely cried during this game i definitely got very depressed playing it and i love feeling that way when a game does that hey, can i can i also add there's multiple times during this game that they just rip out all music oh my <laughs> and god it's those are the, dead silent those are the best parts i'm thinking of a scene in particular where the music just stops mm. and your character also like notices something's wrong and i'm oh there's just they're so good <laughs> and the delusion thing i'll take another caveat with trying to 100 percent this game which uh, that's another thing i don't think i'd recommend it and that's that's my other big caveat if you just played the common route it is exceptional mm, yes once you beat the game again you have options to affect the storyline and go down different paths to get more of the story and most of those, we'll call them side stories, that mm. to reach the complete ending, mm, it, it's a very hard recommend. And you have a question you want to ask me. I know you do about that. Well, I guess I was mostly going to say, is the true ending worth it? Here's my thing. The true ending is freaking awesome. Ah, that's so, okay, that's the frustrating part. The problem me. is there is one side story that you have to get through to get to it, right? Mm -hmm. Is one of the worst things ever. It is so bad. <laughs> like there's this scene, think about teenage innuendos, where this person, a uh, female character, is eating an ice cream cone and they make it seem like she's giving you head. And it is described, it is so over the top and so fucking dumb. Yeah. I'm just like, I have to sit through this shit to get to the final ending. And that really irks me. Mm. It's just like when Japanese role-playing games, very long games, make you have to do a bunch of extra side content to get an extra story payoff. Yep. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't suck. If you really like the game, that's great. If you're unsatisfied with the original ending, it's way worse because I'm just going to look up the ending on YouTube then mm -hmm. and not do all the work. This game is the counter of that. The first playthrough is freaking phenomenal. Yep. I think it's great. And uh, you could stop right there and be totally fine. But the true ending is really good in a very depressing way. <laughs> and that, I think, is worth at least seeing or thinking about. It brings about interesting questions. Yeah, I, I haven't. So basically, for the story spoiler section, we're going to talk through the main yep. just playthrough. I'm not going to have you spoil because I haven't decided what I want to do about that yet. Okay. Uh, you saying that is frustrating me a little but bit. But I will say there is one of the side routes is very interesting as well. Okay. So there's some good in intermixed in there. Okay. All right. Usually, but for the most, I almost gave up doing it. That's I'll mm. say that. Plus, also trying to figure out how to get the extra content is a whole other bag of worms. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I think. You should play this game. It is in the science adventure series, but you can start with this game and be totally fine. This is, and again, an example, right? This was my favorite game I played last year, and this is the first time game I've played in this series. Yep. There will probably be references to the previous first game, which I don't even know how they're linked together. It doesn't matter because I understood this game. So 
I, I will say that. Too, I heard there's an anime, yep. and it's dog tra- like. Just, oh, really? <laughs> I heard it's absolutely terrible, and because I looked it up instantly, I was like, "Oh, maybe I should watch this now." And I've been told, "No, absolutely not." You know what? A lot of visual novels have anime, either counterparts or they're just you know, which is so weird because you feel like it's laid out all right there yeah, for you <laughs> which is interesting because i love steins gates anime mm. it is whoa that especially the dub the the main actor i forget his name off the top of my head it's michael something i think but it oh whew, so good but then the voice acting of the japanese on the visual novel oh my god so good but we'll get to that later highly recommend this one if you do not want to be spoiled we're going to talk about our top three moments and kind of the unveiling of this story and how wacky it gets. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your big giant spoiler wall. Here we go. Like I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> you know the weird thing with this game, just in general, before we get into the moments, is one of the issues I had was it felt like at some point there was almost an excuse built in every single time for characters like it was always whenever like something happened again okay whatever we'll just get right into it the the fact that there's mind mind control is one of the big things that's happening i I won't say who yet but the fact that that was a thing that kind of hurt me a little bit because i'm like well that kind of ruins the detective side of it a little bit because now there's a reason for everything. Like you can just be like, well he was under mind control (laughs) that's true but i think they do it delicately enough where the mystery part of it still works because especially the mystery comes in full circle at the very end, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Uh, I, oh boy. The, I can't believe how brilliantly the powers are done. Like right. Our characters there. Okay. I'm just going to say it like, this isn't a favorite scene. There is a, there's such a small, subtle scene towards the very end of the game that blew my mind. So when we first walk into the theater, and our character like takes the lollipop out that uh, the, uh, gamer girl gave him, and he just chucks it up in the air, and then it falls down. When I, at first, when I saw that, I was just kind of like, well, "What the heck was the point of that?" And then it like clicked. The reason he did that is he realizes when he chucks it up in the air, he can't move it, which means there's nobody in the room. Oh wow! I, that I is, didn't even like, connect that. I, so I didn't at first, and it took me about a minute or two, and I stopped, and I just sat back, and I was like. That's such subtle, brilliant writing because the idea is, again, our character's power doesn't work if there's nobody else to create the delusion of the power working for him. And I was like, that's, and again, we can go all the way back, but holy crap, like <laughs> such a small scene, but I was like, that's so brilliant. So brilliant. Very smart writing. I yeah. I didn't even and think you could easily it. just you could ignore that. Yeah. It. yeah. And it would just be like, oh, why are they doing that? Oh, some symbolism maybe. So... I really like the ramp up of weirdness with the murders, you know, so we have, this is kind of two different games. Yeah. There's a hard shift somewhere where it comes very fantasy, but it's also still murder mystery. Well, because I kind of feel like after, is it the want, want the, the, the journalist guy dies. Then it, then it shifts. And it's kind of like, I feel like, so the, the deaths continue, uh, but, to me, the game really switched, and I won't lie. Uh, so when we were going to do this game for season three, it was at that moment when the stupid fucking D sword thing popped up. 
I started struggling a little bit because I was like, oh, no, please. I don't want I thought there was going to be like some anime fighting that was going to start kicking in. And so I was a little nervous because I was so invested in the detective side of it. But the game handled it so brilliantly that it wasn't a problem for me. Even when we get to anime fighting, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but okay, so the detective side of it, um, I will say this. Uh, I was hooked, obviously, from the beginning. That love hotel yep. is done so freaking well. And I do like how there's the subtle, like, I couldn't explain. I thought maybe, like, there was, like, someone behind the scenes helping, like, Things just kept working out for us, and it happens in the hospital too, where I because we didn't know anything about it yet. But like that love hotel, the scene, the way that it's all done, it's so creepy. I I, I mean, I even have a note, just like the the eeriness of sneaking through the hotel. Yeah, it's super dark. It's so well written. It's so well written. And when you're in the hotel after you discover the body and you hear the knocking on the door, it's like, well, that's the first oh, time we hear it. It's yeah. like, Oh crap. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I was actually getting nervous playing it that part. Yeah. It, it will. Okay. That, that's a really good point. That feeling of just, I can't remember how many times while I was reading it, I was getting uncomfortable with the space around me. Yeah. There's like an uneasiness yeah. permeating and from it. it. Well, cause I think it, it's like the writing was so well, cause like there's a difference between, so they do when your characters are talking and then there's like an inner monologue. Yeah, or a character. Some but thoughts. that sometimes that inner monologue isn't with our character because we're watching other characters when our character isn't there. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah, and so it's it's just it's so well written that I felt like so many times like I was just our character, even though our character is voiced. I was in the scene with the character. That's a good point. Yeah, and so I got God, the love hotel just creeped me out. I, <laughs> I think it was a very interesting death design too mm-hmm. of it. And then you have the camera on the outside looking in from the live stream that they find later. And I think that's a very cool propel you to get down into the mystery even more. And I do think it's also telling that both of us skipped the death in between. I honestly can't even think of the death in between. It's with the female singer. Oh, yeah. Because you kind of just, it's very brief, right? So I will say this. Uh that was another like weak point for me early on. So, because we went from just the ridiculousness of the streamer to we go to school, you're starting to meet all the different characters. We're seeing our kind of lot in life and how things are going. And, you know, oddly enough, it worked so well because based off the club we were at, you could tell like our character was so freaking determined so early on to like want to like get information on all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's almost a detriment to being, what does he call him? A- Onsider? What is, what, he says something oh, about truth. So it's there's there's a right sider and I think it's the wrong. I think it's yeah. right and wrong sider. Yeah. yeah, and he's so. Uh, what's the word? He's so convinced that he's always right because yes. he wants to be on that side of. Yeah, that. and so the terminology in the game, wrong sider, is basically someone who's getting wrong information online. And by the way, the overarching message of this game too <laughs> is like, believe what you read online. Yeah, like media is just complete BS. Like the things that people say, because they, they have a, is it called at a Chan? They have like a 4chan knockoff. Yeah. So it's like a community thread, yeah. a forum. So it, the game does, so, oh God, see it, the game does so many interesting things. Cause then there's the, there's that there's, so the 4chan thing pops up where you get to see, it's like, there'll be an article and then all the comments underneath, and you can actually scroll and read through all the different comments. Which I think is a nice touch. Yeah. Another, it's a kind of a gameplay element, we'll yeah. call it. And then you get every once in a while, like, this text pops up on a phone with two people. Mm-hmm. And 
you're just kind of like, okay, what's going on here? And so the game constantly throws things at you where you're just like, hmm, okay, what's going on? And you start, I started getting, the thing that I guess was the most brilliant, even though I knew it was going to happen, I was so not suspecting anybody in our group at all. Yep. Uh, like, not even close. And that was the part that I think that's why the writing was so well done. Yeah, because you have this outside threat of this girl who's a pyromancer mm -hmm. that comes after the journalist dies, right? I believe yeah, so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so then we have this interesting scene where they're kind of, she is stalking us and trying to kill us. And it's like, what is going on? Yo, that, that, uh, when it, she just, look, they have her face on screen and she says, I found you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, uh, why are you <laughs> looking for me? Who are you? Yeah. And, and again, so to tie that together too, there's, there's a flashback that I felt like happened too much in the game. But we kept getting a flashback to like a girl like that was like uh, tied up in a chair. There was like some experiments going. Oh yeah, yeah. And so we had assumed this was that girl. Oh yeah, God. Oh, uh, so good how they blatantly show you and they give you enough information, but they still make a twist that mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that coming either. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That that's oh. And, for me, then, to go from the Love Hotel back to some of the school stuff to then... So I was totally invested into this journalism thing. Yeah, no, uh, 100%. Coming to speak, and then the, you have that weird scene at the, it's either the beginning or the end of the chapter. I think it's at the end, where all the people are wearing that weird mask. Okay, well, so uh, we can talk about that. That's the, the sumo, sumo, sumo sticker stuff. Yeah. And that's where... Yeah, for me, I, I thought it was very fascinating, because you learn when you go to the... By the way, like every time you end up in the hotel is like a memorable scene. Like that whole area is just something else. Yeah. We get also new characters from that. Mm -hmm. You get a detective and another kind of like girl genius. We'll call her or yeah. a girl scientist. Yep. And I like that additional. And she, she's also someone who's anti she hates. So I guess just we can, <laughs> it's there's so much, but it turns out that at, during this earthquake, there was like an experiment that happened. Something had blown up basically. And, some individuals ancillarily ended up getting powers of sort. Uh, so I think they're called, uh, uh, what's the technical term? They use? Not psychics, but. Oh, they use uh, giglomaniacs. Giglomaniacs, thank you. And so that you find out that there are characters that have powers, and that is kind of what is somewhat linked to the deaths that are happening. And. So that character that you just talked about, like she hates those, like she's completely against giglomaniacs, which is a really interesting mm -hmm. switch. But yeah, so like, yeah, the hotel is crazy. But the thing about those sumo stickers is you find out they're doing these things. Uh, we, I think most people have heard of the Rorschach tests. So you have, those are 10 images. Those are things that we do absolutely in real life. That, so it's basically like a double-sided image. You just are shown it, you show it to somebody and they express what they see in that image. And then after all 10, you can kind of figure out where their brain's at. Well, in this game, there's an 11th Rorschach, which is this sumo sticker, which has a, del a deleterious effect, I guess you could say, on anyone who has the power. Yep. I love the first time you see the sumo sticker and you're up in your trailer. Yeah, yeah. And then it, like, zooms in the eye opens the up. Eye opens. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I literally, uh, so as I was, like, marking my way through of, like, big story pivotal moments, like, one of the first ones I did was sumo sticker eye-opening scene is what I have written down, where it's just kind of like, okay, what is this about? <laughs> like, what is going on here? I think that's what make, makes this game or experience, whatever you want to call it, so intriguing because 
they add so many mysteries, but it explains every detail at a nice steady pace. You feel at points overwhelmed and I'm so confused what's going on. But then within an hour or two, maybe three, you start you're starting to catch up again. Well, yeah, because I had so pace pacing is a, a good thing to know about because I think it's the first three chapters of the game. There's no real hint. Like maybe there's a hint or two, but they don't talk about like the psychics and like all Not those powers until chapter four is when we get introduced to that. And you're kind of like, wait, what now? <laughs> and <laughs> which so, I could see some people being like, oh, this is dumb, but it's so grounded in a way, but that it makes it work. But see, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I was one of those people a little bit where I was like, oh, no. What's with the sword? <laughs> and, and so I was a little nervous about the possibility of there being powers. But, and I really thought I was kind of like, ah, okay, this is one of these chapters coming up is where I'm going to go, yeah, I'm done. And this is what I'm going to talk about. But yeah, like you said, they handled it so incredibly and smart. so real life how Ito, uh, your friend Shinji Ito and Takura, they're like, well, let's test your power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do at a school? Yeah. Uh, gust of winds for skirts. Yeah, of course <laughs> you're going to do that. Exactly. Uh, but God. again, like, I feel like it can't be overstated enough like how genius it is that his powers don't work if there's nobody around. And that fits with the delusion side of things. Yes. And there are, there are technically there are two different types of delusions, right? Because we obviously find out that one of the big core mechanics as you go through is you start finding out there's mind control that's happening. And so... The sumo stickers are attached to the mind control. And so now characters are potentially, which that's where, again, I kind of hesitated a little bit because I was like, ooh, does that mean there's a possibility that all this detective work we're doing, you don't really need motives from characters anymore because they could have just been mind controlled. But then it was like, okay, but really the only way to be mind controlled, at least I thought at first, was you had to have powers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it turns out to be something completely different, which is great. Yes. yes. I think what really intrigued me too is when you go down to that hospital because again you're getting more mystery you're introducing another new character uki uki yeah and this leads to one of my favorite scenes because it's so out there you're in a dark hallway and you turn around there's like this giant monster behind you you're like and it just cuts to black it's like what is going on (laughs) And the brilliantly, because you eventually you learn it's all tied to your delusions and mm-hmm. your fears and whatever. And my, there's so many moments in this game where I'm, I just stop and I'm like, and they do a great job of cutting off and switching to something else. Just like the beginning of the game, you get the horrific eating, choking to death, and then it's daily school life. And it's like yep. this game just knows how to keep you wanting to read. So okay, that that's a key component too, because I remember. I was struggling with a couple. So they brought up when they did like the D sword stuff. And then they, they dropped another phrase in the game at one point where it's called real booting. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, I was struggling with that for a while, but like then once you grasp the concept, it's like, it's such a brilliant concept where it's just like, you're able to manifest something and make it real for everybody else in your vicinity. And so even though it's a delusion, as long as you convince everybody else that it isn't, it's real. And what? A, Which is such a powerful. I, I'm thinking about like today's day and age. And this is also, I think this is what they're trying to say about the wrong siders and right siders. If you convince everybody with fake information or misinformation, that becomes a reality. Right? I mean. Well, I mean, we're kind of, yeah. I mean, exactly. That's, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like if you go on any social media thing and you see a video and it could be spoofed, it could be a whatever AI. But if you convince everybody that's watching that's really, you're just going to go along thinking and uh, without questioning it. Mm-hmm. I think about stuff I have heard 
yeah. when I was like a teenager or an adolescent that I have never fact checked. And, and in my head, that <laughs> is my reality. Yeah, yeah that's because that's kind of like the new thing nowadays. People say there are different versions of facts. There's like, you know, there's a fact, but then there's also the fact that you believe to be true and you've never been told, told otherwise. So it's like, and it fits you, with this game. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, it 100% does. And I mean, obviously, I guess we can talk about one of the the wild revelations of speaking of real booting like serica <laughs> your childhood friend uh, is I, not real <laughs> i mean but but see this game takes it an interesting step further that i've never dealt with in a game before so we've all seen games and movies where it's like okay this person i mean we all remember the sixth sense yes right it's this person isn't real and but the way that the game is designed or the movie is filmed or the book is written they can kind of hide the fact that the other characters aren't necessarily interacting. But because of our character's power, she's not real, but he's able to make a delusion so that everybody else in the world, inter- she's able to interact with other characters yep. because they think she's real. And the, I think the craziest part is once you think back on the game, they never talk about her parents. Mm-hmm. They never talk about where she lives. And Which it's like, they do talk about at the end of the game. Yeah, they talk about that. And it's like... How how did I not see that? You everybody else kind of talks about their family, and what I do like about this game, even like the we'll call it the slice of life moments in between the murders and trying mm-hmm. to figure everything out, is you have this interesting home structure with your quote unquote dad. You have two little kids. You have your big sister. Like there, those moments. Well, because you're all really from an cool. orphanage. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. all really cool. It's like this different type of family. So you get a viewpoint into a lot of the characters backstories and lives but you never do with her <laughs> that's true well, and you again, just know she's always been there you're your childhood friend but again because the reason why it works so well is because she does interact with the other <laughs> yes, characters which is perfect. you would never suspect it you know you know the thing too by the way the thing that is so tragic thinking back to it now you know when you're in that house right and you're getting you know when you go from the trailer to living or at least attempting occasionally living inside that home that's i guess right above the hospital or well, like like your your dad's by. not 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 the, not the hospital, but like your dad is like a clinic or whatever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Uh, they had that rule that we found out very early on that no matter what, no one keeps secrets and everyone tells the truth at the dinner table. Yeah. And it's <laughs> everybody's lying. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times in the game I was like, well, if you guys followed that freaking rule, <laughs> we wouldn't be here. Yeah, there'd be a lot of differences. Oh. I do really like. There's an anime trope where it's like. You know, the big sister or the sister likes the the brother for some reason. It's almost creepy. I like that they have this here and they obviously love and care for each other, but it's they're not related at all. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit different, which I like that spin on it. And I think she's an interesting character. And I think they twist it up even more with you always see these uh, images of the, this memorial where everybody died in the earthquake in mm-hmm. Senri or whatever. And we you do a lot of assumptions about who is attacking you and who is not. And they change places and names. And it's Mm -hmm. what I like about that is you were convinced about who this character is and who their motivation is. And it's not right. No, I mean, so many times throughout there's just, and I think you kind of worded it perfectly earlier. There are so many like gatekeeping moments where, you kind of feel like you have things figured out. And then all of a sudden within the next 30 minute gap, you're like, oh, well, that's wrong. Well, wait, but then if that's wrong, that means this couldn't work. So then you are able to sometimes have this realization in your head 
well, if that's wrong, well, then this has to be wrong. And the characters sometimes haven't gotten there yet. And then there are sometimes where the characters have a revelation that you didn't know. So the writing is so well done where sometimes we understand something before they do. And sometimes they understand something before we do. And it's, it's so well done. It's so good. And by the way, like there's a lot of comedy in this game too. Cause there, there, <laughs> there is a scene. I don't know why it made me laugh. It's more of a, you have to watch it because of the mannerism of E2 or however you pronounce his name. I think that's right. But, uh, Shinjo made a joke about them trespassing in the hospital and Ito the, the camera like pans to him and he he has his hands where he his hands on his chin and he just kind of like lays his hand out and he's like well that wasn't funny <laughs> just, the, the way that his character just delivers the line I couldn't it was like 1 30 in the morning when I was doing this and I couldn't quit laughing because it was so ridiculous uh, yeah this game has a nice cadence of switching moments and i think that is also helped by the score in the ost amplifying said moments and oh my gosh is it good uh, i have i have a lot of other little like things i want to interject but i think we should let's let's kind of go back and forth between the top moments real quick and then we can kind of maybe interject from there uh I, i'll just i can do my my first moment so my third one is really not story related at all but it's, I don't know if you dealt with this, but it's the one delusion that I just could not believe they put into the game. Did you deal with the ham sandwich delusion? Oh. <laughs> that's like, uh, that's like, Ito's, that's a great scene. I'm not going to say any of it, but just, I could not believe what I was reading when they did that scene. And I, it was, it was one of those things where uh, it wasn't, I mean, uh, it was completely it was horrific what he was saying, but it wasn't perverted. It was just so, <laughs> it caught me so off guard. It's great. So absolutely off guard that I was like, okay, for moments, I just need to throw this one in. Cause I have a hunch there's, I, I could probably give you a list of like 10 of my favorite moments in this game, but that one just completely was so out of left field. I did not expect it. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of that. And sometimes, most of the time I would say they land other times. It's like, eh, whatever. Okay. My third favorite moment is actually the opening. How easily it strings you along. So I'm combining the earthquake mystery, the first death, and going the hard shift to school, trailer school. Mm. I think it's one of the better paced openings. You got so much intrigue and mystery and enough to be like, ooh, where's this going already? Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah, no, so I would say for me, if I for my number two, I actually, I kind of slightly talked about it, but that the pyrokinetic moment where we're getting chased by her and that leading up to like, it's to me, it's kind of like two moments. It's there's the scene in the alleyway when she, we first figure out something's going on with her. Uh, the way that they amp up the music, that crazy music that kicks in, uh, and you just dealing with her like shooting flames at you. It was like such a difference compared to everything else we dealt with. But then eventually the second time it happens where our character gets sucked into like a delusion himself or whatever. And he's by himself because they know that there's going to be a death that day. And it's the I found you moment where that scene where he's hiding inside the little cafe. Oh, the cafe is so good. Yeah, it's I I can still like close my eyes and imagine exactly where he was hiding and her just breaking things like as he's walking around. It was just it's such an eerie feeling that I was just kind of like, I, oh, I love that moment so much. You know what's cool about even outside of this moment? But when you go to the cafe, they do 
a really cool visual thing where they slice the middle of the screen and show mm. a character's profile. Yep. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what you would call that, but you, you know the weird. Th- I feel like a really big compliment I can pay to this game too is like I just genuinely like was every time the cafe popped up, I was like comforted. It yeah. just I felt like I wanted to go hang out and just sit down and drink some coffee or tea, and or Mountain View. <laughs> <laughs> there must be some like. I don't know, comfort level with things like that. I think about that way in like Persona 5 when you go to the main, your, where you stay and there's yeah. got certain like vibey, jazzy yep. music. Maybe there's something around that. And in this game, you have the background noises of the cafe. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're feeling, oh yeah. I'm again, here. again, like we said at the beginning, the sound design of this game is so incredible. Yes. And the people don't there's get to hear that. attached to my favorite memory in this game yeah <laughs> i said then the people don't get to hear that the people that don't want the spoilers don't get to hear that yeah i'll reiterate that my second favorite moment is when you confront the real killer and which is your imaginary friend that is also not imaginary and her reason for doing it is so simple but such a mind fuck <laughs> <laughs> so her reason is so this is the part where you also get to figure out that she's imaginary, and that's kind of it's like, what? There's a lot dropped. <laughs> yeah, at this, at this theater, after you beat your father, which is mm-hmm. also another interesting... I did not see that coming at all either. Well, okay. well, so before you interject with that, can I just say that scene... Because like, there is the father. We find out he's the one that's... Mind-controlling everybody. That scene where it, I got so pissed off. The scene where he's like, why did you do that? And he said, it was fun. Oh, oh, right. He said it so just nonchalantly, like he just did not care. A great villain in like, that regard. Oh my gosh! Like, I, I, oh, yeah. That scene just because it all makes me. sense, yeah. right? And the the brilliant part about that is, I think that's also projecting Senri's thoughts because the whole reason she she made she's the one killing everybody because she wanted your character Takuro to have fun and be achieving something, and it's mm-hmm. like. You killed all those people for me to have something to feel yeah. accomplished and solve something. And so your character or our character constantly is debating between. So, so technically, I killed these people then. So, yep. and, you know, it, it, at a at a moment, I actually thought that's where the game was going for a little while. Where because there's a scene. I mean, uh, unless it's uh, let, let's do the favorite scenes before we jump in. So that is mine because I like the reveal that. Because Takara showed interest about these murders in the past, that's what she constructed all this around. And I just think that's that surprise element and that uh, tying everything in together in such a weird way, but it works so well. Mm. And I like that he kills her and it's kind of emotional in that regard, too. Well, can I also say then, too, they're attached to the scene with the dad. How about when he put him... I think he mind controls us and puts us into that other delusion where it's just a black screen. Oh yeah, that's I've. Uh, they did such a good job of making you feel completely helpless. And the ramping up to this theater confrontation is so with that other moment of the lollipop, right? Mm-hmm. Everything fits so well, and I think this scene works even better with the revelation of how you figure out that it's Senri mm-hmm. is like God tier good. <laughs> like I don't under yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. 
which I, just in case that's not your moment one. No, okay. I, I don't okay. think so. So just keep going. The very first murder, you hear the knock on the door, but you also hear another sound. Oh, it's so, such a good revelation. Senri always carries around this little toy frog thing, and they make note of it, and she plays with it often. Multiple times throughout the game. Which is so freaking brilliant. Like, that is the best shadow, uh, okay. did, foreshadowing. Did you have that experience, by the way? When, you know, so... Uh, uh, no, no. Our older sister, she clearly like she realizes something by watching that scene. So th- there's the scene where we're there watching it. Like and she realizes, I'm like, the, what? What did you notice? Dude, I don't know if you had it. Like the volume on that scene was so goddamn loud. <laughs> like it, it, to the point where like I, I literally felt like the Vita was just like gonna like. <laughs> bl- it was so loud. I can't imagine if you were someone with a headset oh, on for that scene. Uh, that's mainly how I played this game was headset. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, that is that revelation is wild and Uh, i love when you realize what it is and it's like oh what but you know what i think is even better about it too is the writing is done in a way that it doesn't reveal it exactly right away it gives you reading it that like oh fuck moment like where have i heard that before and like so it's it it's written into a, a way that's like okay let let it breathe for just a second and what i love about that is now we have I would consider it like three villains now. Yeah. We have yeah. the mind controlled people that did mm-hmm. some killings, but we have Senri as the overlord, mm-hmm. but the overlord is making the father mind control. It's like, or she gave him freedom to do it, I think is what it kind of dabbles in. I'm mm-hmm. not exactly clear on that one, but yeah. <laughs> what a hierarchy of great villains. Yes. And they all have such, in a weird way, simplistic motives. Yes, it like makes it more frustrating and irritating because you're like you're do- like oh yeah okay uh, I'll just go to mine my number one moment uh, it's the moment you told me when I first started playing this game uh, or like right before I had started playing you're like hey I need you to play this game for a while because there's a moment I want you to get to I'm my prediction is it's this moment but if it's not this was my favorite moment in the game and in a game filled with tons of favorite moments and we haven't even talked about like on top of the college uh, maybe that's yours I don't know. Uh, or the high, high school. school. <laughs> like how we had the same realization at the same time. The so to start off the phone call from E two. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> this is it. Yeah, it's so fucking good. So our little sister, uh, y- Yui, Yui, yeah. Uh, so there's a scene where basically we realize that today is the day. Like the killings have started. They did not stop. We thought they were done, and so we we're like, we need everybody together, and. We are like running up and down our place. Can't find we our can't little find sister. Yui. And so our best buddy calls us and he's like, just nonchalantly, is just like, yeah, you know, we're at the market or something like, like oh, that. Oh, thank like, God. But there's then like it's kind of like, yeah. But then there's like that, well, why'd you go to the market? <laughs> and so, yeah, your character is yelling at him, like, why would you do this? Like, oh, don't worry. If anything happened, I'd fix her up. Mm-hmm. And the music just goes, stops. Yeah. And it, he it, goes, it, huh? Yeah. I recorded it because I got to hear it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Just, you got to play it. So obviously, you were going to hear. <laughs> Japanese. I'll kind of try and preface it. Well, we just did. You're talking. Our character's worried about finding his little sister. So he's yelling at our friend, like, hey, why didn't you tell us? Sorry, sorry. Just hurry back here.
it's just so and again like and we're not even done yet it's that's just the ramp we've just started and then this scene doesn't let up for so long because then the things by the way he's talking about like hey do you have i think it was like a knife or like or a do you have a uh, like this this blade is really it's really dull, dull. this is gonna yeah. hurt a lot yeah i'm not gonna be able to chop her up and, i don't want it to hurt her. and it's such a hard shift like yeah. where i was like oh my god mm-hmm. what I was yeah. like, it's him? I was like, it's my best friend? Yeah. So then our character goes on. I mean, literally the reader, too. We go, you start freaking out. I'm and like so, getting chills thinking yeah, about this. So then we, and literally the the way everything ramps up, you're like on such high alert, your blood pressure is like through the roof during this scene. And then we're chasing him. And so I'll have, a, I'll play a little bit of the build up too. So this is the part where he's, Ito's describing what's going to happen and so this is our response you hear Yui and you're like oh this is actually happening the voice acting seriously give that voice actor all the money his screams of anger and then of course it this scene continues to keep going yeah this is my favorite part too where he hangs up and then he's just like screaming Like, you don't understand what's going on, and then you're going to run out, and oh, it well, just doesn't stop, like you said. Yeah, so then, uh, obviously, we get to the point where we finally catch up and find where he's at, and the reveal of her death oh, is... My. So, again, like, the whole idea is these deaths, they're called the New Generation Madness, and the reveal of her death is... Uh, God, I, I can't... Like, every time they flash to it, I was like, please remove this. It's basically he had cut her up into a ton of different pieces, but then boxed them up in presents, but then re-displayed them as if they were a human body. And it's so messed up. I did not think the game would go there. No, I, I did not think they were going to kill a little girl. Yeah, exactly. Most games, most stories in general shy away from that. And I think this absolutely gruesome moment, it <laughs> put on like my favorite moment of the game is kind of weird, but, it's so shocking and so like th- put anybody in the shoes that had when you get that phone call and the switch happens, there's no way you cannot stop playing. No, like you have no. to see it. It's in again, we're completely underselling it. We can't do it right. It's hard to picture how much tension this game r- ramps up with that scene. That phone call, that phone call is, which oh. by the way, uh, I, I can say this isn't the only time there's a phone call in the game. There's a phone call earlier on because our character loses. Uh, when you get the phone call and realize, like, what your other, I think it's E2 again, gets a phone call and it's from your character's phone, but we haven't found our phone yet. The way that the music ramps up for that, too, like, there's moments like that. But that entire scene, when, you know, you get to see E2, he's got the bloodshot eyes. But the way that the animation is, or I mean, the way that it's drawn out and then just. His character losing control. And oh my God. I, it's just. Oh, it, 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 I think what makes it interesting too is when he's describing what he's going to do, it's so nonchalant. Mm-hmm. And then once you see uh, Yui all caught up and messed up, then you are yelling at Ito and Ito's yelling back at you. Like the tension is through the roof. And I'm just like. They're doing this? Yeah, well, because <laughs> I can't save her. <laughs> well, well, and from and from the player's perspective, by the way, too, it's you're in shock for one. You can't believe what you're seeing, but then on top of that, it's your character is in 
complete utter disbelief as well at what they're seeing, but also the realization of my best friend. And yeah. then on top of that, it's the what? Like, so then you're sitting there thinking like, were there any signs that this was happening? And so that's where I could say the argument of it being mind control was a little bit of like a, Oh, okay. Well that's why it happened sort of thing. But like, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. No, not at all. And, and I love when you run out of that house and you find reporters and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, I, did did you see a little girl in this way? And yeah. They're like, this is this way. Again, the whole thing uh, is so hectic. Uh, it's so, God, it's so, so good. And the music's just going. Bah, bah. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. yeah. So that, that scene's incredible. But then, you know, there's so many other Yeah, scenes. it was really hard to pick a top three, to be honest. Well, because there's even the one, remember, where, so, uh, I can't, uh, is it? Um, Ami, uh, Omni, what with the little blonde girl? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, huh? She has the power where she can tell if you're lying or not, and so, but Serica knows that, and so there's that scene towards the end when she explains her plan, and your her, her character realizes like, okay, typically when someone's telling the truth, it's like at ninety seven percent accuracy or whatever because they don't always. You know, there, you say something, but maybe not all of it's 100% factual. You don't realize it is. But she was like, that was 100%, almost as if it was written on a script. <laughs> so and good. So that realization that Serica knew that if she said something that was a lie, this character would pick it up. So she was like, hey, you have to, to the dad, you have to dilute, give me a delusion to believe that what I'm saying is real. So then she thinks what I'm saying is it, it's like there's so many layers. And that's what when you talked about in the spoiler free section about how the powers are so well developed mm -hmm. and integral to the story. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They're so good. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you know, you're fighting D swords. You have Seneca and Nono like fighting on top of the high school and awesome music playing. There is just so many points in this game where. <sighs> well, I, and I did. I just want to say just a couple of other small ones, real quick. There's a scene. You remember the guy? I think it's uh, Jen, Jean, like the kind of like the old guy that kind of shows up occasionally. Oh yeah, yeah. So after our older sister dies, which that is a whole scene in and of itself, which is ridiculous. He gets flashed back. There's a scene when he's in your RV. This scene like broke my heart. <laughs> he he makes a line and he states uh, when he realizes she's dead and he's like in disbelief that she died. He goes. He's just like, why? She is one of those people who deserve to be happy. Mm -hmm. And it's like in the way he delivers the line is just kind of like because you're still as a character dealing with the fact that she's dead. Yeah, the grief and is like overwhelming almost. Oh, that that line is so incredibly well thought out. And then and there, there was another one, too. So uh, I think her name's Kunisato, but uh, it's the, the lab coat lady, the genius or whatever. There's because like her character has always been like really just harsh with us or whatever. And there's a scene where you're, she's getting in the car and you're getting them out of the city. There's just this subtle scene where her character puts her arm on her shoulder. And it's kind of like this, she doesn't really say much, but it's just this acceptance of like, you know, hey, like, you know, I'm going to help you out. I got this. And it's oh because of how the game is gone. That scene, like that was another one. Like I felt it so much and it was so subtle. And it's like, that's such a small thing. And like, you're reading literally tens of thousands of lines of dialogue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yet that one stuck out to me. Oh, what a absolute crazy experience. And I would say if I was in your shoes, I'd be okay sticking with this route because it is, this route gives you everything you need. It goes a little different when you start unlocking more of the story and the background and what actually chaos 
child syndrome is all about and delusions and going through that. Do they ever get to a point where they uh, at least share, like, update, like, future stuff? Like, what's going on? Like, has how's E2 recover? I can't even imagine how that guy... Because, like, we get the hint that he's recovering, but then they don't really ever... Yeah, you get a little bit of tidbits. and Like, you, I don't understand how he ever is yeah, normal again. Yeah, right. And you get the fate of what happens to our main character as well. So okay. it's it's interesting enough. It's pretty sad. And it's some people really hate it online, I've noticed. But I thought it was exceptionally well done. But I don't think it's worth the grind. Even though there are some parts in the character-driven delusions, the side routes that are are interesting. But not enough of them are. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, because I will say this, and I'm actually kind of happy to hear that because when I stopped playing and I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to go down the extra routes right now, I was so just like enamored and like, oh my gosh, like I couldn't believe the the journey that I had just gone on that I did. I actually kind of felt like, okay, I think I'm good, but I just wanted to know, you know, your thoughts on that. Yeah, because I was, I might just like watch. Yeah, that's what I would do, honestly. I think, one, because it's hard to freaking get them. The amount of the guide I went through to get unlock each delusion, like you have to pick, like don't do anything on this one, go left on this one, go right on this one, go right again, go left. Like trying to keep it and unlock it, I have no idea how you do it without a guide. You'd have to be experimenting so much that it's a pain in the butt. That is interesting to kind of hide Even with a walkthrough. Yeah. (laughs) Usually it's easier to figure out because the choices are simpler. They just put too many choices linked to story spot. Uh, extra story routes but i would say my thing was i was super high in the game then i did the side content and i was very low i almost didn't finish it and then the last route was interesting enough and a good end cap so i think you're totally fine where you're at and then if you want to explore next time just through a youtube video that's what i would do okay yeah that's probably the route i'll go i I will say real quick and then i'll we can wrap this up uh the I, i for me personally uh, you know how I talked about that scene where like she was like reading a script. I had forgot to mention uh, that chapter is called "Lies Disguised as Truth." Nice. And I, <laughs> like again, subtle hint to like that's so brilliant, uh, so brilliant. Uh, okay. I just love how many moments there are. Just be like, what is going on? Oh, and then a sure. hard shift. Yeah, literally. There's and again, this is probably something we will come up with like eight more, ten more moments like when we're done recording with this because there's just so much. But, oh yeah, I, I do like that we both had to say like I, I'm never gonna forget that nope, when that ever. phone when that phone call happens Ugh, and then they shut the music off, <laughs> huh? Like oh, it's, it's just it's just way too good. Mm-hmm. It's way too good. So that is the end of the spoiler walls. So you don't have to worry about anything like that. So you're good to listen to this very little bit short thing. But man, when you have played Chaos Child or if you watched a walkthrough on uh, YouTube or whatever it is, Twitch, I don't care, whatever your fancy is, come back and listen to the character spoilers because, or (laughs) the story spoilers, because reliving those moments again is. Like I literally got chills thinking about a moment oh, yeah, in this no, game. No. He, and, he got some goosebumps. Like, again, like that spoiler uh, wall. That there's a lot in there. That was, and it, that was I, that's one of my favorite things because obviously it's a very solo thing, a visual novel. But talking to Larry about it, just it's bringing it all back. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Chaos Child was developed by <laughs> Five PB and published by P Cube for the PlayStation Vita on October seventeenth, twenty seventeen, for us here in the states. 
I don't think I said that anywhere. So, uh, by, by the way, when I looked it up too, because I was doing it for the game of the year thing, uh, it says that it's by it's developed by Mages, formerly Five PB. Yeah. So th- when I was looking at, it, there's a lot of different publishers. A lot of okay. I think it's people worked on different ports. I believe there's a PS4 port. Okay. Maybe there's right. a P- there, obviously there's a PS Vita. That's where we played it on, and maybe also them working on the Switch port now as well. So. I noticed there was so many lists of publishers, and I was like, well, that's strange. Hey, by the way, I can officially say this is my favorite Vita game I've ever played. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> you know, it's up there for me, too. Steins Gate might be above it. There's some things I like better about this one, but ooh, yeah, boy. I'm, I'm, that Vita, dude, my Vita is just like a visual novel machine, basically. I, I may have to finally tackle Steins Gate after this. Yeah, we had it on a backlog before, and then you took it off, so maybe now you'll get to it. You yeah. never know. <laughs> I just got to take it off the backlog. All right, Larry, take us home. What's our scenario question? How about we're not going to have a scenario question? Yeah, so the problem is this game revolves around story, and any scenario question might be considered a spoiler. Well, and I had an idea for one, but I just realized just in even thinking or speaking it, it's technically a spoiler. All right, let's not do it then. So I think we should probably just, you know, kind of reiterate and remind people, thank them for taking this season four journey with us because this is it. We're done. We're going on break. Yep. So we are in our off season after this. We're currently recording this in January and this will be the end of February. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth right around the corner. Maybe I'll do a quest along about that. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully I'm deep into Persona 3 Reload right now. That'd be awesome. Mm. But, yeah, it's been a very fun journey. This season feels a lot different than a lot of other ones. And I feel like... The season yeah. feels longer, personally, for me, but I think it's because of the way we recorded it. Yeah, exactly. We front-loaded, and then we took a big break to get through more games, and now we're recording again. Every season has almost had a theme in a weird way. Like, the beginning one was very platformer-heavy. This one, we we almost got a taste of everything. Yeah. And the, this is very varied. And the one we're planning next time is for season five, we're kind of plotting. We got most of the games set in stone, and it's a lot more, not as retro heavy. So mm-hmm. that's interesting, too. So that's I don't the, know. That's I'm, the Larry effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of excited about that. So then I can tackle retro games on my backlog a little bit more, too. Yeah, but so just to keep in mind, too. So, you know, again, this is season four. We have a seasons one, two, and three, 12 games each. There's off season stuff. Obviously, our two-year anniversary is going to hit before the next season launches, so expect we'll probably do something in regards to that. Just you know, We usually like to just talk about the season, the year, what we did, what we'd like to do going forward. Uh, we have definitely some ideas from some things going forward. Yeah, we have an interesting change we think we want to implement, but we'll see if that comes to fruition. As of right now, we're thinking it will, but mm-hmm. we got to just weigh the time you know this is all about time yep but i i guess our plan then too is like we're gonna try and maybe get on some podcasts uh in the off season here for a little while uh they might even release before this episode yeah who knows <laughs> who knows uh and then season five the right now should be starting the first week of june yeah summertime sadness so we can get over all this I coldness know. i don't know if it'll be summertime sadness but maybe sad that uh, i'm not a kid anymore and i don't have summer break I don't think that. <laughs> Any last words, brother? I know. Because they won't be our last words. <laughs>